Disclaimer, if you are in need of immediate help or mental services, please call 911 or your specialist. Fix Max Life is not a licensed therapist, counselor, or even a healthcare provider. We're just trying to figure out the same as you. Thank you. Hi, this is Maria Mena, and you're listening to Fix My Life, my podcast where I tell you how I'm trying to fix my life, and hopefully you'll find something to help you fix your life. In case your life needs fixing, if it doesn't need fixing, that's fine. Just sit there, laugh at me in my despair. That's perfectly okay. So we're at episode nine. I'm very excited about that. I'm very sorry I didn't post anything last week, but things kind of got a little bit away from me. It just means that I need to manage my time more efficiently. And I guess that's good. So a lot of exciting things are going on with work. And I've been debating back and forth whether or not I should talk about it on this podcast about keeping separate my personal life and my home and my business life and all my lives, really. This podcast is actually an exercise in bringing it all together, not having separate lives, things that I say in this crowd or things that I do in that crowd. Not because I'm doing anything wrong, I think, or because I'm trying to hide anything. It's just that, you know, when you move in different worlds, you know, it's sometimes hard to remember that, um, People know you in different ways. So that's a different thing to process. I may start talking about work more. So we'll see how we're doing with that. Overall, how am I doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Had I recorded this podcast last week, I would have said a little different, a little unsure. But this week has been great. And we will be getting into that. A lot of uh, exciting things are happening right now. Particularly work, work, which was one of... The areas in my life that I had felt the most stuck, the most conflicted about. And that was a horrible feeling for me because like a lot of people out there, um, I felt value my own self-worth through work. And for whatever reason, while I was going through my perimenopausal existential crisis, I should totally trademark that, I was not able to make anything at work work. I couldn't make anything manifest. Um, lost a couple of jobs here and there, some through my fault of my own, some through not, but it was frustrating to say the least. So there was a little bit of time there that I was unemployed. I was unhappily unemployed and I couldn't make anything happen. So long story, you know, fast forward because it's going to be a long story. We'll probably get into all of that one of these days. I do feel that now through the work I've been doing uh, with my projects, my personal projects, and being open to happenstance and being prepared for opportunities when they show up and taking them has actually been working out for me lately. I think it has to do with really now trusting my instincts and believing in myself and dealing with a lot of the issues that I had never dealt with. Uh, please go back and listen to my episodes about Dr. Nicole over at Holistic Psychology and such. And I think it's I think it's working. As crazy as I thought it was, I think it's actually working. I just finished today my uh, second 30 days of future self-journaling around specifically my toxic attitude towards money and how that is reflected through childhood traumas that I now manifest in adulthood. Yay. So funny enough, I finished my second 30 days on that specific topic and I started a brand new contract 
that is actually going to be in the, in, in the great scope of things when I when I consider the time and money I needed. It's exactly what I needed. Not the most glamorous work in the world, but the the thing I need to focus and to keep discipline. So I'm excited about that. And then the other hat I wear right now, uh, the volunteer hat is uh, as an executive director at the Latino Oakland Chamber of Commerce. So if you've been on my website, you'll be able to find links to all of that. I'm not going to make it easy for you. You have to go to my website, N3INCOAK. It's in the show notes. If you want to learn a little bit more than that. So there was this back and forth in my head. It's like, here I am running a chamber of commerce. People are actually asking my opinion and taking me seriously. And I'm having a hard enough time to keep my head afloat. But if I can't relate to people having a hard time getting their businesses set up and moving forward, then I don't know who can. Whereas I used to think it's like, what am I doing? I feel like a fucking fraud. Imposter syndrome at its finest. Now I'm really trying to take the mindset of it's like, of course it has to be me. Who else is going to understand these people better than me? Who else is going to, you know, really put together how hard it is to be a single mom running a cottage industry and still having to figure out what you're going to do for your kids on Saturday night because you still want to have your own life. Not that I have kids, but that's, I have friends who do. I am aware of these issues with other people. That's been a huge mind shift for me. So I think that's what's also making me feel really good about myself too. It took a long time to get to this place. I'm not going to lie. And I still don't feel 100% that I know what I'm talking about, even though when I start talking, I actually end up do realizing I absolutely do know what I'm talking about. So I should be the one talking. Um, but it took me a long time to get here and be so comfortable with that. Again, there was a point in my life before when I was younger when you can't tell me nothing. But now I think I come at that same kind of confidence with actual experience. Woo! My shift. <laughs> Finally get that that uh that whole thing. Wow. So what helped me get here? Well, right now what helped me get here is that I had to give up the fight. I had to stop whining and stop complaining and I actually had to meditate. I really did learn how to meditate. And again, I'm going to put links. Dr. Tara, Bro- um, Dr. Tara Brock, she's my jam. If you want the most soothing person in the world, go find her. If you have no idea where to start, I got notes. And just do it. Stop complaining about it. Don't fight it. It will make you feel better. Well, it will make you feel worse first. And then it will start making you feel better. That's when you know you've done it right. And you really do need to give yourself at least 30 days to figure out if this is for you or if it isn't. But I'm going to tell you, as a skeptic myself, you will figure out eventually that it is the thing that's going to help you. And it it does require different parts of ourselves that we don't want to enact. So I think that's why so many of us have just such a hard time with it. Because we have to have discipline to do meditation and to do it not correctly, because I think, that, like everything else in life, there's no right way, there's no wrong way, there's just your way. Some people meditate while they're sitting in the lotus position, surrounded by candles and incense, and some people meditate when they're running around the lake, taking, you know, doing exercise, getting in the groove, anything that actually distracts, you know, your mind from everything else that's filling it and makes you only concentrate on what you're doing in that moment. So think about that, huh? Not that hard then. 
So meditation. I sometimes had a hard time with meditation because I didn't know if it was praying. And I'm still not sure sometimes. And growing up as a um, very, very Catholic uh, young girl in a very strict Catholic Mexican family, there was praying every day for every reason. When you left the house, when you got in the car, una uh, bendición. You know, the thing your grandmother gives you a little benediction before you leave the house to make sure that you're safe on your travels. And I had a big issue with praying. Well, I had a big issue with religion all my life anyway. Maybe that'll be a separate subject because I have to find different subjects to talk about. So I always associated praying and religion and meditation. I always thought it was the same thing. And it isn't it isn't. It is if you want it to be, and it isn't if you don't. And I don't think anybody should have any confusion with that. If you want it to be praying, then it is praying. If you don't want it to be praying, then it isn't. So I think everybody has to make up their mind about that. Um, which is, I think, why I had the biggest hurdle to do with it. And once I decided that, A, it wasn't praying. It wasn't praying. I wasn't praying. I was just being aware of what was going on with my body. And then you start getting into the whole experience and then things start coming out and then you start dealing with issues you didn't know you started, you wanted to deal with or even had to deal with. And then crying is involved and then all of a sudden you're, you know, yelling at some nondescript deity for bullshit that happened when you were a kid and then you get over it, hopefully, and you move on and then you wonder, well, is there a deity? And I don't know. I'm nowhere near that that point yet. Um, I always had a hard time believing in God. Well, maybe not God, but people who claim they spoke for God. That's what I had a hard time believing. And um, so that's what I've been getting out of meditation lately. First, it helped me get my head straight. And now I'm wondering, is it also going to get my heart straight? And if it gets my heart straight, does it get maybe higher knowledge, intuition, who knows? So could be psychic, could be not psychic, but I'm not making that call yet. So one of the things that I'm putting in the show notes is like a basic guide for meditation. I think if you go over to Tara Brock's site and you sign up for her newsletter, you're going to get a little download for that. And so what is basic meditation? You know, you got to get comfortable going to get in your space for a few minutes, know that nobody's going to interrupt you. One of the best ways to really get into meditation, well, one of the way, well, what you do have to do is focus on your breath. It's really your breath. That's what really helped me. As long as I just concentrated on breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out, then I think that was fine. And I think you can do it. You know, if you start off with a minute, that's great. Go up to two minutes. Great. Keep going up every minute. And I think one of the people think, uh, I know this is something that I've heard people say. It's like, well, I'm thinking of everything. And it's like, that's okay. That's okay if you're sitting there thinking about your breathing and all of a sudden your mind wanders. That's fine. It's over there. Nope. Tell it to come back. Wanders again. That's fine. Tell it to come back. Wanders some more and it really gets over there. Nope. Tell it to come back. And I think you also have to be nice to yourself about it because nobody gets it right the first day or the second day or the fifth day, or even the hundredth day, 
And even the thousandth day, you may still have your name on it. So just be nice to yourself about that, okay? So like I said, uh, there's a lot more in the show notes, so go take a look at that. All right? All right. And now we're going to talk about what am I obsessed with today? What am I obsessed with today? I couldn't think of a good one, but then I remembered, oh yeah, intermittent fasting. Trigger warning, I guess is what I should say right now for anybody who had food issues or anything like that. I hope this does not set anybody off. It shouldn't because this is just what I use. So about a couple of years ago, I gained a lot of weight, a lot of weight for me. A lot of other people told me they never noticed, but I definitely noticed and I was not happy. And I had uh, made up my mind that I was going to lose the weight. And unfortunately, there is no more Xenadrin on the market and anything else that keeps you from eating is now, if you could see me roll my eyes and do air quotes, bad for you. So whatever. So I had to do it the old fashioned way, counting calories and such, which I did. That was a whole other thing. So for almost a year, I was on 1200 calories a day and I ended up losing 40 pounds. So I got back down to my goal weight. I was super happy, still there, very okay with it. And one of the tools that I used that was the easiest thing I ever did was intermittent fasting. And to me, I think I'm going to keep this as a eating pattern for as long as I can because I do feel that a my food digests a lot more a lot better my food digests better is that the way you would say it without sounding ridiculous I don't have to worry about making breakfast or anything because the way I choose my hour or my window to eat I just skip breakfast and then if I need to adjust things as needed, depending if I'm going to dinner or if I have a special occasion, then it's very easy to adapt to. The premise is you have to give your body at least a minimum 16 hour fasting window so that your body can actually digest its food and also repair itself. So if your body is always digesting food, then it's not taking the time it needs to repair itself, flush out bad cells, do all that great stuff so you don't get sick. Ever since I started doing this, I haven't gotten anything. I haven't gotten a cold, nothing. Anecdotal evidence, is it causation? I don't know. All I'm saying is it worked for me. Again, I think I'm going to put to the show notes for just some quick descriptions if people want to check it out. But if anybody out there does have a hard time, you know, sticking to a diet, why don't you, instead of sticking to a diet, stick to an eating pattern that will actually work for you and then go from there and see what happened. Because I was, I had 16, I could, I did a 16 hour window regularly, but I also pushed it to an 18 hour window and that just worked fine. So the whole 1200 calories I was going to eat, I put into that six to eight hour window of eating and it worked fine for me. Again, I will tell you this. I did drink a lot of black coffee in the morning. A lot. There's no way of getting around it. You will be hungry until you get used to it. And then once you get used to it, you will be fine. But you got to tough it out. The same for babies. No crying. No crying on this one if you want to be skinny. It doesn't work any other way. <gasps> oh my God, that sounds awful. So, oh well. Too bad. And now is where I would usually... Well, it's where I pull a tarot card for us. I was so super excited today. Today that I'm recording this podcast because I was actually going... I was just dicking around. Really. I was dicking around. And then I got a package today. I received Ms. Benabel Wen's Vitruvian Edition Spirit Keepers Tarot Deck. And I'm definitely going to put a link 
to that in the show notes for this. And uh, Danabelle Wen is just a master genius at Tarot. Anything scholarly Tarot, go to Danabelle. She actually wrote the book Holistic Tarot. Holistic Tarot, holistic psychologist. I think that's a sign. She wrote the Holistic Tarot, and that's the book I use to self-teach myself everything that I know currently about Tarot. And she is just one of the most generous creators that I have ever seen in any field of work. With her time, with her knowledge freely given to so many people, just the effort that she puts into work is just inspiring. And I wish to reach the level of just gracious graciousness that she displays to to the people that really do trust her with her opinion and her knowledge and, you know, turn to her uh, to learn. And I think, you know, she's definitely one of the great teachers in this particular field. And as such, she definitely deserves all of the recognition that she gets. So last March, she put out the word that she was doing a second edition of her Spirit Keepers Tarot deck, which I did not get because I didn't know about her when she put it out. And by the time I figured out that this woman was doing amazing things, this deck had sold out and I was brokenhearted. But I didn't know why. There was no reason. There was no, I had no business wanting that deck. I knew nothing about Tarot, but I knew I wanted it, but I couldn't have it. So when I found out that she was putting out a second edition, I knew I was going to have it one way or another. And it came in today. And I was just so excited. I did a little video about it. I may put it up on YouTube. I may not. It's silly because it's all backwards anyway. I was so excited. The camera upside down. So the whole video is jacked up, but I don't care. It is going to take a while for me to really use that deck as a reading deck. But it's a very special deck. Once you go over and, then you'll, and you read up about the creator's intention and everything, you'll understand why it's such a special deck. It is such a special deck that it even requires workbook uh, to learn it. And I'm excited to learn it. So one of the things that I did when I opened it up, I went through it. I did not separate. I mean, I just went through, went looking through the cards, but I could not pull any cards for myself. But one of the cards that came up when I split the deck was the two of chalices and i'm definitely going to put a picture of that up on the website so oh my god what is that sound it's me whistling i'm so sorry you guys i'll fix that i may not be able to fix that i'm not that great at audacity yet but um let's go back to the joined one two of chalices and i'll read to you her description in external alchemy, the joined one guides us to choose our allies and also is the spirit leading us to the most fruitful alliances. The joined one designates an outer accord, but also an inner accord. In internal alchemy, this spirit guides us to unite our anima, unconscious feminine in the conscious masculine, and animus, unconscious masculine in the conscious feminine. This is the spirit of two becoming one and an omen of perfected love love in all its divine forms abyssus abyssus abyssum invocat sea calls to sea or the depths of me calls out to the depths of you one deep reservoir of yearning is filled with the love of another and is mutual do not neglect the relationships you cherish reach out across the aisle and offer amity act towards peace and accord an alliance brings you the balance and strength you've been seeking Love fills both chalices of the two ways. This woman is deep. This woman is esoteric. This woman is... She put... Literally, her philosophy put me on a path of 
trying to figure out if, if not if, but trying to figure out for myself what my spiritual path is going to be. Because at this point, I can't deny it. I mean, I literally did an entire show about meditation. What are you going to do? Uh, I would love to give you an interpretation for that card. I would love to go into the depths of it, but I can't. Not yet. Not yet. So I'm giving my, I'm literally going to give myself a good year of just studying that deck before I even really try to use it for myself or for anyone else. It is that kind of work that I'm going to be doing for myself. So I'll keep you posted on that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back. And remember, when you face a fear, you accept yourself. Bye.